Hello, and welcome to Space Battles, a transformative real play podcast that reimagines the latest trilogy of a popular space combat franchise. If you're joining us for the first time, stop here and start with the first part of A Shattered Galaxy. Otherwise, previously, you will have heard. Well, I never mentioned Kiyama to you or mom or dad, even though she was Luke's most impressive student, because there were some things about my relationship with her that I wasn't supposed to have. And I'm going to pay you a word picture right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is Mia sort of slowly turning around, oh, turning away from the aesthetic jungle rain and sort of standing up taller and like squaring her shoulders and swatting her brother across the shoulder saying, are you telling me that Kiyama had a secret boyfriend? And it was you? I've been thinking about cutting to nighttime and people sleeping and such like, but also it's a big busy day and you guys are with your people for the first time in a long time. So I don't know how exactly you guys want to handle the passage of time. I don't know if you have character goals to satisfy this afternoon is, I think, what I'm trying to get to. I, we can presume that you're doing stuff, but unless there's, I guess, concrete things you want to accomplish, I think I'd like to cut to the nighttime. Yeah, um, I think um, BC20's yeah. main goal at this point, um, as something you mentioned in the last session, we don't know anyone's names. Mm -hmm. I think VC20 is probably a big fan of going around and making sure that he knows people's names. <laughs> okay. VC20, you go around and introduce yourself to all of the Jedi, the Force users here. So I can, as I narrate, provide a brief description of each of them to, or to pair up the description that I gave previously with the name that they have. The short human woman, with the fair skin, and the red hair is named Mari. The human man with the dark skin, the beard, and the short hair is named Tamat. Ronus is very obviously Ronus. The Corian woman, who you met previously, is named Kroon. You already know Gita, the twilight with the purplish-blue tinged skin. There is Vost the Keldor that Kiyama saw in her vision with the mask. And then there is Nell, the human woman uh, with the sort of medium skin, long dark hair, who was staring up at the ceiling when you guys first entered. And then last, but certainly not least, the very strange and cryptic Duros man with the dark blue-green skin and the red eyes is named Bon. Um. They are all VC-20... Almost to an individual, they're all weirdly, maybe not weirdly, but definitely more deferential than you're used to. The prevailing feeling among the Jedi here seems to be one of that has a great deal of respect for a sitting senator. It seems that uh, whatever Luke taught them, they, they seem to think highly of you just based on your position generally. Aw, shucks. Uh, Victoria, what were you saying? Oh, I was going to say, and whether or not this would be better done during the day or at night, that's mm -hmm. fine. But as I mentioned last time, Kiyama's feeling a little bit stressed. She would like to spar. Okay. And in a manner of, I don't know if 
kind of when everybody dissipates or, you know, how whatever time is best to do it. Almost in a in her classic, all right, who wants to get pot shots in on me? See what I don't remember kind of way. Brian, please make it be Ronus, just for my poor shipper heart. Please. <laughs> please, no, for um, my poor shipper heart. Um, your, your maritime goods distribution is not my problem. <laughs> Brian! Vost and... Tamet are head outside. It looks as though they have other responsibilities. When you mention pot shots, uh, Mari actually comes to the fore, and she says, do you remember me at all? Do I? It's a great question. Um, please give me a set the dice pool. There's going to be a freaking despair dice on here. I know it. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. I've not rolled on this planet without having a despair dice, so... That's very astute of you to notice that. Once I noticed, I started paying attention. There's something about this planet that I don't like. That's weird, huh? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so I think I've been having you roll vigilance to uh, reach yes. out with the, kind of reach out with the force and notice things. Uh, so you can give me a vigilance now, please. Okay. Um, but you have generated overall an advantage. Uh, you don't remember her. She does seem familiar, but throughout the day, you've been getting an increasing sense of familiarity off of everything. Not anything that you can place effectively, unfortunately. More like, more like deja vu, almost. Okay. So I'll say to her, not in any specific sense, but you're not strange. If that makes you feel any better. She gives you a pleasant smile. It like almost winsome. And she gets closer. And you notice for the first time, this is easily the closest you've been to her. As she approaches her, you know, her it's very difficult to see because she has very fair skin. Her hands and arms, which you can see of her arms and face, are all crisscrossed with uh, very pale scars. And she pulls like a satchel off of her belt. And there within there are two silver cylinders and not the like how I cryptically described a lightsaber to somebody who didn't remember that they were a Jedi. These are almost smooth featureless. They don't look like any kind of lightsaber that you've seen before. The grips are almost non-existent. Uh, there's just a single switch on either side of them. And she clicks one on. It's a blade just shorter than the length of your green lightsaber and it's a very it's a very translucent white and she says they're training sabers here and so quickly you you barely have time to react she brings it down on your left arm and there's no pain or burning just like a small shock that leaps from it like a like a static discharge awesome and she smiles and leaves the other saber like on the table next to you. And she takes up a fighting stance. Oh, we're going to do it right here? Mm -hmm. Yes. Sweet. Okay. E Kiyama eagerly. Uh, where are we coming right here, I guess? Sure. Um, eagerly mimics and kind of does like a salute that she doesn't quite remember why she knows. And then will engage. 
Okay. And like with a smile <laughs> on her face, she is delighted. It's a good, good time. And as she does that, like, or right before, she is going to yell out to anybody who's listening. Let's see how fast she kicks my ass because she's under <laughs> no expectations that she's good <laughs> anymore. Okay. <laughs> so let's do this. You're both expecting this encounter. So I'm going to have you give me a vigilance. All right. Just let me know when. All right. We're going to go on negative 0.7. What is with these despair tie? Okay, keep your secrets. He's I... got plenty despair. Oh my god! <laughs> Shut up, Rebecca! I don't need you. I don't need you sticking up for me. <laughs> uh, she is going to go on negative point five. She's going to go first. She has a despair dice too. <gasps> Do you have any modifiers on your melee that I should know about? I have, yes, I do. I have the mm-hmm. defensive rating on my lightsaber, which right. is um, one black die. And then I have, um, besides like reflect, I do have defensive training and durable may recruit critical injury. So that's it. Right. Okay. Nothing uh, so else the, yet. So the way that this is going to work is that your, um, how do I put this? It's the damage that it does is going to be something that you can heal at the rate of one wound per 10 minutes. Okay. Um, and your, your soak is going to be halved, not the normal bypass 10 that a lightsaber has because it's just a training saber. Okay. Um, yeah. I also so figure like in a, this sort of like sparring setting, it will get to a point of like, I yield or something like that. Like, right. Like you can just, if you're real mad at each other with training lightsabers, like you can beat each other into unconsciousness. Um, yeah. But that's but, not like, I, that's not the attitude of this. So no, this is much more because like the, the reason why, like you're looking for a touch effectively, which is why it, is only having your soak because if it doesn't do any damage to you i'm not like from a mechanical standpoint in universe i'm not going to count it as like a touch i would count it Mm -hmm. as like a near miss basically okay so she is on the offensive and uh she is quite good and quite fast of course um so the damage is also lowered that is going to be four points of damage all told. So that would only be two to my soap. Right. Uh, so as soon as you guys salute, she whirls the blade around and okay. the the blade goes right briefly while her step goes left. Your oh, wait, guard... can I reflect? Mm-hmm. Oh, I yep. would rather reflect that then. I forgot about that for a second. Sure. Um, uh, strain is still at full price, so you can give me three strain. Okay, three strain, and it would reduce damage by two, and mm. um, so I don't take any. Okay, and let's get a counterattack. Oof, um, so miss, so she dodges, dodges sideways and gets back on the attack herself. Man, what is it? What, this is just not fair, but okay. <laughs> She's rolling a very similar amount of dice to you. She is, and it's like we're rolling opposites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so this time it's going to be uh, five damage that is incoming. Um, I will uh, reflect that. So that will be one point of damage. Okay, there is another sharp 
crackling as she impacts you. You feel like a jolt in your arm and she circles back around uh, confidently kind of spinning her blade and smiles. She holds up one finger on her left hand. And it's back to you, Kiyama. Kiyama just sort of like, you know, straightens herself, like kind of like after a round and, you know, boxing where they're like, all right, let's try this again. Just kind of getting back into it. And before she goes again, she's like, when was the last time we did this? Eight months ago. And you Eight? beat me. Eight? She asks as she goes for another swing. Okay. I thought they said only six. All right. Come on. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that looks like five incoming. Uh, she is also going to reflect. It is technically Perry. I miss. I have been yeah, misspeaking. It, um, I apologize for our listeners. I, paused. I was like, are you, are you gaslighting me? Um, no. <laughs> it, it, she is also going to Perry. And that uh, removes two plus your ranks on Perry. So that is going to deflect... Uh, all but one of that damage, uh, which means that uh, she stops your blade. You remember how to fight a little bit, Kiyama, rather than just swing the laser sword real hard good. <laughs> and you faint high and reverse the blade at the last second, diving down low at her forward leg. She barely dodges back and just manages to brush it aside at the last second before you get in a good hit on her boot. And up close, you can see that she's now trying. She goes, that's a little more like it. And she's going to go back on the offensive. Another uh, five damage incoming. Um, I will take it. I'm not going to parry. Okay. <clears throat> so you're going to take three of that as damage. Okay. You just sort of let the shot hit you, and she she is constantly moving, whereas Kiyama's style is strength-based, you know, big, fast swings, quick jabs, that kind of thing. Hers is much more fluid, and it's not even just a, it's not even just a matter of dexterity. It's almost as if she's, as if she stops moving, then the style is then her offense crumbles as well as her defense. It's it's a weaving pattern compared to your like rock solid tower of a defense. Okay. Uh, and as the blade strikes home again, she continues to move and she holds up her left hand with two fingers. She says, "Only one more. Come on, it's your turn again." All right, I'm getting the hang of this game. Oh, damn! Double triumph. Okay. Pow pow. Um. With double triumph, I am going to rule that she is just not going to be able to parry. That, in lieu of other critical hit effects happening, I'm just going okay. to remove that option. Um, but they both count as a success, so that is going to be four damage incoming for her, which means that she is going to take three altogether. What does that look like for you, Gamma? You have gotten in a good hit. Tell me what it. Tell me how it goes. So these are just, this is, as I'm, I'm figuring out the rules of the game, this is, and I say game meaning this far, this is just uh, her, like, a double triumph is just on one hit, right? Right, yeah. Okay. Then um, what I'll do is kind of do a similar, just kind of come through and break her defense first and then swipe down and tap her on the side. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, as she's trying to parry, break through and kind of break her foundation and get in a jab real quick. Yeah. And she looks surprised and then delighted and then you know her face hardens again into a competitive mask and without pausing really to account for you know the damage that she's taken or even really reacting she immediately begins to counterattack. Uh, and there's gonna be I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's gonna cost you extra strain to parry this because of her triumph there. Okay, I will parry this. Okay. How much extra strain will it cause me? Cost me? Uh, just one. Just one just extra one. strain. Okay. And do I take any damage from that if I'm able to parry, or how much? Uh, four damage is incoming. Okay, then I don't take any. I'm okay. good. All right, so you bear, you just managed to fend off her counterattack. She's moving faster, not just you know from side to side, but her attacks are coming faster. That parry actually represents you swiping away about three discreet assaults, and uh, you were back up. All right, let's do this. Uh, another hit. All right. She easily tosses that one away, and her stoic competitive mask has kind of transformed into a wild grin as she moves back in for another blinding series of attacks, um, all of which you manage to dodge or deflect. Uh, both of you are moving faster and not quite as carefully anymore. Oh, this as, is where it gets fun. Yeah. <laughs> As you remember more and more, both of you are appreciating each other's strengths once more. There's like a muscle memory in this Mm -hmm. that is just coming back very easily. You find yourself constantly wanting to defend against her offhand. You're not entirely sure why. Hmm. Interesting. Like whenever she attacks, you find your body turning a little bit as if you're anticipating an attack from another direction that never quite comes. Interesting. Okay. It's back to you. Yep. Faster and faster. Neither of you able to get any real purchase or launch any significant assault. Back to her. Oh, that's good. Uh, That's going to be six damage altogether incoming for you. All right, I will parry some of that. How's your strain doing? I have three left. So one more parry. Yeah, I've got one more in me before I would yield. Yeah, you, your, your breath is coming faster now. You barely deflect her most recent series of attacks, and she is grinning wider than ever. It's no longer like the winsome smile that she gave you when she was distributing lightsabers. It's... More like an animal with its teeth bared. It's back to you. All right. Guys, are you okay if we use a light side point on this one? Do it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's fine. If not, I just, we're bad at using them. So I was, I want to win. <laughs> deeply invested in this sparring match. So I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you guys are okay with it, I will use one. All right. So I will have to hand jam this. So it's two yellow. So I'm going to upgrade my, I can either upgrade a yellow or add another green, right? Mm-hmm. With four dice in the pool, I think, and um, maybe be I can run, to... 
Maybe I can run the numbers, but I think it would be better actually to add a green. Green. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. So that would be three green and two yellow. Mm -hmm. Just barely got through with that one. Mm -hmm. You muscle your way. Like you, you guys have sabers locked and you're shoving back against her. She is also running out of strain, but she manages at long last to not push you away, but reposition her weight to like force you past her instead of into her. Not like judo throwing you to the ground, but releasing your ability to exert leverage on her through your lightsaber. And she slides off to the side once more, just barely away from your you know, your powerful swing and your lockup. Her counterattack uh, suffers from it. She is clearly starting to tire just as you are. And she misjudges the kind of reach that you have as she's trying to avoid your blade. And you don't even need to pair her, really. I was back to you. Alrighty. You can tell instinctively that she is at the end of her rope, but nevertheless, she comes back around for another swing. Uh, and that's going to be a hit. So what happens when your strain gets to zero? Uh, your strain is at zero. No, like if I parry this, it will be. Yeah. That's what, what that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like you're mentally exhausted. Like you'll need to take some time off before you're useful. Like I can start imposing obstacle dice on doing things. Okay, then you know what? We're in the middle of it and I haven't gone to zero yet on strain before. So we're going to do it. I'm going to parry that. All right. So you are also now... Uh, kind of at the end of your rope, you're both like looking at each other, panting and heaving. It's kind of going to come down to whoever gets the next hit uh, because she she is not at strain zero, but she doesn't have enough strain to pair again. Mm -hmm. It is it's back to you. Come on. Come on. All right. Uh, she takes the hit and uh, it, you can, you know, hear the sparking and smell a little bit of burning. And she holds up, I, she looks at it and she says, count it. And I hold it. What is it? Three? Is it, what are we counting to five hits? Um, she, she's gotten two. You've gotten one now. Okay. So two. Still, you know, looking like a feral animal. She comes back in swinging. Oof, that was good. And that is going to be, let's see, six points of damage. Oof. Uh, I'll take it. And knowing that I am at the end of my rope, I will kind of like take a few steps back out again, just kind of that like inhaling sharply and turn, you know, kind of pause, turn off the training lightsaber in a similar like acknowledgement of her victory and then say, eight months difference means you win this time. She looks at you, um, like her, her saber's half raised. She's almost, she's, looks like she was about to take another step in her sort of prolonged battle dance almost. And she turns off the saber as well and smiles once more, like a much more normal, friendly smile and gives you like a half bow. And after pausing for another moment, she actually comes in and hugs you. She's a much, uh, shorter mm. person um and you're you realize at that point that you, both of you are very sweaty and gross like it's not a particularly cute hug no and kiyama will s stiffen a bit just kind of that like what is happening and uh, you know after a moment she'll kind of like return it briskly but she's like i don't 
she's very touched and doesn't know how to process that. Before you have much of a chance to, you know, feeling you kind of stiffen, she pulls away and takes takes the lightsaber. And as she's putting them back in her satchel, she says, next time I'm going to use both of them. Next time I'll remember more. We'll see. Uh, Ronis, finally seeing that the two uh, comes over, says, are the two of you done? He looks kind of bored, isn't quite the right word, but a little like, 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 hurry it up, ladies. Come on. You've, you've, <laughs> you like the two, you realize the two of you have been fighting for like 10 solid minutes. Yeah, we're, we're done. <sighs> that was, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I it felt good to do that. And she kind of looks to Ronus and a little bit expectantly, like. He kind of looks you over. He says, maybe you ought to get some rest and I'm going to talk to the senator. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Where, and Kiyama sort of like looks around, like, where is rest here? Yeah. And Eshka, Eshka Esh- yeah, Eshka's been just like sitting on the sidelines watching this, like having the time of her life. <laughs> and so uh, when she hears that, she'll, you know, hop off whatever little perch she's sitting on and come over and be like, I can show you. Okay, thanks. And Kiyama will follow with sort of like a glance back over her shoulder to whatever whatever Jedi had remained and like kind of glance at Ronus. Were there anybody else who was watching? Uh, Gita was, as well as Nell and B13. What what were what are their reactions like? Can I do a check to see? Yeah, perception, please. I should have up my perception this time, guys. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Straight roll. And dead even. Nell is Nell is unreadable to you. You're not even 100% convinced that she was paying attention. Fair. Gita, on the other hand, is very pleased and trying not to show it. <laughs> Interesting. Whether okay. that's because you fought... Or, or that I lost. Or that you got beaten. It's really <laughs> hard to say. But I didn't get my ass kicked. That's no, the thing. Mm-hmm. Kiyama's a bit impressed with, you know, she's like, I held my ground really fucking well. So she'll kind of walk with Eshka and it looks like Mari is walking over. And as she passes Mari, she'll, she'll just kind of ask, how close was I? You looked, it was close, wasn't it? She'd have smiles. I was pretty close. For me only using one saber? Yeah, you did good. You're not you. That much is clear. Nobody could nobody could act like they were the difference between where you were and where you are now. So Kiyama just sort of like does that resigned eye roll of like I keep hearing I'm not who I was, but I guess yeah, I'll take a, this for now. And yeah, not to rub it in. Right. Yeah, well, thank you. Well you always had well. I mean, I, I'm sure you don't want to hear any more about who you were or anything, but... And um, Kiyama, like, kind of pauses and slowly turns back and is you and it is very... I don't know if this is in, will be normal for them or not, but in her face, it's like, no, I really do want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I just know... I, I'm being told, and this is... She'll say this. I'm being told I'm not who I was, but nobody's been able to tell me who I was. Well... Does that... Yeah, that... You didn't teach me how to duel with a lightsaber. You taught me how to fight. Does that make any sense? I 
I spent weeks with the holocrons trying to find out a style to counter you. Um, because, well, I don't know if you've, I know you ran into development. I heard you ran into development, but he fights like you do. I, you know, from what we've seen of him fighting, he fights like you. So I figure if I can beat you, then and I know that that sounds silly, but you always, you were sort of my yardstick and you always had, you're realizing that she is not very good at expressing herself. Like she's jumbling a lot of <laughs> ideas together with these sentences. Mari is, Mari is an excellent fighter and seems to be a very nice person, but articulate she is not. And at hearing about Veleman and that Kiyama fought Veleman, she'll kind of gla glare over at Ronus again, because she's <laughs> the only person who she's told about that. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't know where that came from. And then nods her head and says, that's good to know. Then with that knowledge, walks back up with Eshka and gets ready to go take a nap. Time to take a nap. Do, 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 do. Yeah, uh, two hours will give you back two strain, and it will cover, recover all of the temporary wounds uh, from your training exercise there. Okay, so my strain will come back at one an hour. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll be fine by the next day. Your strain recovers entirely with a good night's rest, but if you're taking a, I guess, a quote-unquote short rest, it'll come back for one, e one each hour of rest. Okay, that's fine. I, I don't believe that's the rules as written, but I do want to have some sort of midday bounce back mechanic. That's so. fine. Unless something happens where, I'm just going to say this, unless something happens where she'll need to do something, she, she probably won't wake up until we cut to nighttime. Sure enough. VC20 and Mia, Ronus is approaching. He has a what looks like a big bundle of scrolls. Uh, it is actual paper writing not stuff on data pads. And he spreads it over, you know, this corner of the table where the three of you are standing. And he looks at you, VC20, he says, I know it's a long shot, Senator, but how good are you at understanding or decrypting written languages? How good am I at uh, understanding or decrypting written languages? I would function similarly to how you acquire um, spoken language. If you can make sense of it a, a little bit, you can compare it to your extant knowledge of other things that you already know to build an understanding. Uh, but you can't just, you know, stare at hieroglyphics long enough to and suddenly make sense of them without, you know, like serious education to decrypt them. I'll try my best, but make no guarantees. He nods. He says, these are, he points at one stack of scrolls, he sort of arranged them into two different stacks. These are, they're old Jedi writings. My understanding is from before the Jedi were the Jedi, when they were of a culture of people that, any size, that Master Luke insisted on calling the Jedi. Slightly different and pretentious sounding, but unfortunately none of us, and he kind of points around, actually read it. As far as I know, Luke was really the only one who understood it. I think I may have been expected to learn it and didn't. And he smiles kind of sheepishly, but nevertheless, these are his notes. These are what we found in his office that apparently precipitated his leaving. That's what we can't make sense of. He points at that pile. Uh, 
the Jedi writings on it. VC20 and Mia. Both of you could give me an education roll, please. <laughs> so with identical roles, both of which have one success, you both realize almost simultaneously that these are these are characters stacked into lined glyphs. Different numbers of characters arranged, each of which has four, five, sometimes as few as three or two, sometimes as many as six characters that are stacked on top of each other and arranged in not like an ellipsis, but like a rectangle with a rounded top. Uh, a cartouche is the name of the shape. And it is the exact same arrangement as the burned symbol on Kiyama's hand. That seems relevant. Huh. Huh. Um, I th Mia is going to trace over one of the cartouches. Mm -hmm. um, and she's going to look up at Ronus and ask... Are these the only documents, or do you know if Uncle Luke took any more with him when he disappeared? I'm guessing that he took many more, and this isn't even everything that we had. The He looks a little shifty, uh, you realize, because it, the location of the temple is still a secret from everyone, as mm -hmm. are most facts about the temple. And, you know, kind of realizing who he's with, he says, the, the temple has thousands of scrolls similar to this that we left behind. But this is what we found in his office when he left. Do you have any translated documents? It would be very helpful in deciphering this text. He says, we do. I can provide a limited amount of assistance there. As well as the stack of scrolls with writing on it, there are also several maps. One of which looks like it is a city. It has like a lot of geometric shapes that could be buildings. Uh, is an annotated with those cartouches similar to the writing, uh, one of which is probably a planet or an atlas, uh, looks also annotated with those cartouches. The others are star maps, uh, two of them actually, one very old looking and one much newer. I'm sure, Seals, you are excited to take a look at those. Um, I have super advantage on them now because so, I'm bad. So that you, so you won't see any black dice, but okay. I will tell you that that is of benefit in this role. Absolutely, great. That's exciting. So, do I click on the astrogation one and we just remove the two? Yeah, I, I just, I, I basically, I just don't put them in the pool. I'm setting the difficulty. Cool. Here we That's go. That's all it comes down to. And yet, I still don't roll well. And yet, <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm going to let you make two, but you need to tell me which map you were looking at, the newer map or the older map. I think right. I think I was looking at the older map okay. um, because I'm hoping my role will be better for the newer one, okay. which it was technically, yes. but not good enough. Yeah, you can't really make heads or tails of them. The, the problem is, is that a lot of astrogation is creating a reference frame from... Mm -hmm discrete things and with everything just basically unlabeled it's really difficult to tell how yeah. things look structurally yeah that makes sense um so he says we haven't been able to make much sense of these three and he points at the two star maps and the one that looks like a map of a city but 
Fortunately, this is a fairly well-known place. And he is looking at the first one, the one with the map. And he says, there are three locations here, here, and here um, that Luke circled. And you can see that there's like a... Looks like Luke was using a green pen on this map that he made. Mm -hmm. And near each of the circled places, there is a question mark, and then one has an exclamation point. And Rona says, we are here. And he points at the one with the exclamation point. We identified this as Felucia pretty readily. Some of the maps of what occurred during the Clone Wars here are still available to us. This topography is known, and as well, this temple, and he gestures around, is known to the Order as well. These two here, and he looks at the question mark, idea of where they are, but not a firm grasp. And the Trade Federation, the Huts, the True Empire, didn't get into their standoff right away. They managed to land some troops, which, you know, you of course ran into before they essentially blockaded the planet. Those troops have kept us from exploring much beyond the bounds of the temple, unfortunately, which is why we've been under siege and out of communication for all these months. And uh, VC20, he keeps looking at you kind of expectantly. Why don't you give me a perception to kind of see what it is that he really wants? Because even after you said that you couldn't, it would take you some time to translate if you could at all. He's still kind of looking for you. Yeah, you don't really know what it is that he wants. You just know that he's kind of looking at you expectantly. And after outlining, you know, the things on the map, you know, these were the three objectives. This is the one where we're standing at right now that we did get to. He pauses and he's kind of looking at the two of you. Is there um, anything that I can make out on the document at this time? Uh, the documents you're looking to translate or on the map itself? Either. The documents that you are looking to translate, uh, you can, as I mentioned before, try to give me an education role right now if you'd like. Okay. Wow. So looking over these documents, VC20, uh, what you realize is that it is structurally very similar to other languages that you have seen before, which have a, which write in continuous lines with a specified character to mark the distinction between words. This is not just like an array of nonsense. This is, each cartouche is a separate word. Um, you have gotten like an idea of the orthographic structure of this of this written language. You you can see that each cartouche contains a separate word, which is why the variances in the characters exist. With a few more checks and Ronus's limited trans translated knowledge, you could probably start piecing together um, what this means. Uh, but the big thing is, since you made this education roll cold, your your future attempts are going to be at a reduced difficulty. Sounds good. Mia's going to turn to Ronus and she's going to say, what do you need me for then? He looks back and forth sort of confusing. It says, isn't that why you're here? Aren't you here to help? Yeah, but like, and she sort of looks down at the maps and at the cartouches and she's like, clearly I can't though. Like, oh baby. He, he gives you sort of a disbelieving look and he says, what do, you, do you have a blaster or don't you? Like, what do you... Mia, what are you, what are you whining about? 
But I'm not helping solve the problem. Like I can fire my blaster when we're fighting people, but right now I'm just sort of standing here because I can't read these maps and I can't read these cartouches. Like you're better at reading the cartouches than me. What am I here for? I'm not special like you, Ronus. He sighs and he rubs his temple and he says, um, Senator, it didn't even occur to ask for me to ask before. You do have assistance inbound with you, right? Um, what do you mean? That's me as a player, not, not VC20. Uh, he's, he is asking if there are more people coming after you guys. Do we have backup? Yes. Um. No. <laughs> no, we do not have backup. Um, I will say... I'm afraid not. So, the four of you ran that blockade, crash-landed from B-13 story, crash-landed on a planet that none of you had been to before, and walked here in the dark, almost getting killed, just sort of on a whim? We were looking for you and Uncle Luke. It wasn't on a whim. Our backup is detained in Bespin. He looks at you, Mia, and says, you know, you're really Dad's daughter. You know that, right? Mia's gonna just sort of, her eyes are gonna go really wide and sort of bright, like she's trying not to cry. And she's gonna square her shoulders and look at him and say, I guess I am. And she's gonna look back down at the map and the cartouches with sort of a renewed energy, shall we say. As you lean back down, he says, really we need to figure out how to investigate this planet better. There are several other locations that Uncle Luke had pointed out as being relevant that we just can't get to anymore. There's too few of us and it's too dangerous. Most importantly, no ship. You can see on that map, we need to figure out a way to get there. I think knowing this, um, VC20 is actually going to say that if Mia is willing. And Mia's just gonna cut in and be like, you need a pilot. Maybe. This isn't where we first landed. We landed, he kind of gestures vaguely back into the jungle and he says, and, uh, and similar to you, our, well, I, I think our landing was smoother, but the end result was the same. We were overrun by hut forces. You're not seeing me bouncing up and down on my couch, <laughs> waving my hands in delight at all of this, because I'm imagining, I, I, I'm imagining, and Mia's mind also, especially since she just got compared to dad, uh, is immediately going into a scheme in which we steal a ship, uh, which is exciting for her. Yes. <laughs> um, he says, so if you can get us a ship somehow, then yes, we'll need a pilot. Okay. I think also, Brian, is it fair to say, this might just be me angling, but I want to reroll on those maps. And I'm, I think that it's natural for Mia to want to look at them again now that she's feeling brighter and more confident like I think that she was feeling nervous and like unsure why she was there at the beginning and now she might turn back to them feeling more excited by life and it may not yield a better response but I also think it's possible that it might. So I think that that is a fair assessment but what I think it's going to look like is she can spend some time with those maps giving them actual careful study so no role right now but after like a day or so of study you can make another attempt. Cool. Um, you, you've already sort of crossed the threshold of like, oh, like I have instant comprehension. So Yeah, like it, it was one of those instances where it was like, I don't instantly recognize this failure. And now she's like, okay, I'm going to like 
roll up my sleeves and use some logic for a little bit and see what I can cross-reference with what I know and like actually take a moment. Yeah. Uh, so VC20 is going to spend some time with Mia's assistance trying to translate that paperwork. And Mia is going to, in addition to VC20, going to be studying the maps whenever possible to try and make a study roll tomorrow. Do I have everything covered for you guys? Sounds like it, yeah. Sounds good. All right. Eshka, you have shown Kiyama where to go. What are you doing next? Straight vibing. Is <laughs> <laughs> that um, a big fucking pipe? Um, Gets one what? toke over the line. <laughs> I think I would like to ask somebody where their computer is, is okay. are, slash ship oh is, etc. I, I don't know. I just got this image of Eshka trying to find a uh, USB terminal to plug in Palfi ship. <laughs> That's literally what she's thinking. <laughs> or, or being like, do you guys have Xbox? I really want to play Bejeweled. <laughs> <laughs> the first people that are going to be visible when you are out in the courtyard, Tamit and Vost are working in the garden still. Uh, they've removed... Actually, the tarp that Tamit put over the vegetables during the storm. And now that it is no longer raining, they have removed it to expose the plants to the sunshine. Which, as far as Eshka is aware, is almost preposterously counterintuitive. Yeah, I was, works. I was wondering that last session. I'm like, why are they covering it up while it's raining? Um, Eshka can ask if you'd like. Yeah, I think she's going to ask. Uh, so... I'll go over like to, you know, the, the edge of the, is it like a, a balcony or is it just like a, uh, it's like an, it's like an enclosed courtyard. Okay. It's not raised really. The green lawn portion here is actually a little bit lowered from okay. the stone catwalk, but just by a step or two. Okay. So then she'll just go over by like those couple steps and kind of look at them askance and ask, why did you? Cover the garden while it was raining. Don't plants like water? Vost, the Keldor, kind of huffily laughs into his mask. It's like a weird rasping sound as he's pulling out a cabbage about as large as his torso from the ground. And Tamit turns uh, like, a big, like a big grin on his face. He says, they do. They like him too much here. If... Well, they only get toxic when they reach a certain size. Before that, they're technically seedlings. The poisonous parts don't come until they flower. And so we have to deny them water because they are... He looks sort of weirdly fondly over at these horrible plants that could become toxic, apparently. And he says, these are the most tenacious plants I've ever run into in my life. I like that. You, you like horrible poisonous plants? <laughs> I like... That they're that big, even when you deny them rain. I can appreciate that. Well, they still get moisture from the ground. There's no, there's no avoiding that, but that seems to be just the right amount of uh, sort of stifling them to make them useful for eating. This this guy right there, and he points at the cabbage that Vost is sort of staggering under the weight of as he cleans off the dirt from it, is is going to be a whole day's worth of meals. Efficient. Frightening is what it is. I 
the it, everything is just is too damn big around here. Um, and Eshka will just sort of look around, like have flashbacks to the Rancor. More, uh, more just like <laughs> more in a sense of like I mean, just, everything's big to me all the time. Um, <laughs> and she doesn't really know what to say next to that, so she'll just kind of stand there for a second awkwardly, mm-hmm. and then she'll say, "Do you all?" Uh, do you all have a general use data port by chance? They sort of look at each other and damn it, Purcell laughing. He says, we're, uh, we're farming here. I, I no, I don't think so. We're, we, we made an impromptu farm in the middle of an old ass temple. You don't have a ship even? Oh, that is a good point. But no, we don't. We got overrun by the huts right after we landed pretty much. Ah, are the huts still on Felucia? We haven't seen them in a while. It's possible that the Trade Federation or the True Empire drove them off. Okay. Well, thanks. Good luck with your cabbages. Thanks. (laughs) Good luck with your general use data port. (laughs) She will uh, saunter on back to what I guess is the main room because uh, she doesn't really know what to do now. So she's just going to kind of look for somebody to uh, bother. Historically, I am pretty sure that this is when Eshka commits most of her crimes. (laughs) I'm going to spare us all Eshka's crime doing. I will also note that she is she is actually chagrined by (laughs) uh, what happened with B13 earlier. So she's not she's not trying to cause problems on purpose right now. She's just a restless little gremlin. That's fair. So what I'm going to do is cut to either that night or the following morning, depending on if anybody has anything else that they plan on doing. I know what most people are doing. Uh, Eshka, you can try to assist VC20 and Mia. I would imagine at some point that you would be able to render assistance to VC20 and Mia, um, but I don't know exactly if Kiyama had more plans. Kiyama's plans at this moment include wanting to talk to Ronus and just kind of like tentatively talking to everybody. So we don't have to like, she's just in the, that mindset of I am in a place where everybody knows who I was and I'm feeling like information is being withheld. Mm-hmm. So that's, she's kind of on that mindset track of things and trying to figure more about herself and stuff. But that can be, I don't know what time, whatever time frame. Are you going to seek out and find Ronas? She would, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Several hours later. VC20 and Mia, you have the run of the room in the upper northwest uh, where you where you were taking Mia uh, when Bon fixed up your leg. If you remember, there are a bunch of books in there. Uh, which Ronas explains are some of the only uh, existing translated works that he could find. Most of them, however, are not in basic. He says the most useful one they have been able to find uh, has the Jedi translated into Derosian, which is the um, language that Bond speaks. Uh, so he has been able to do most of the translating out of anyone. I'm going to move you into the upper northwest corner instead of the main hall now. Got it. Sounds good. And um, I'm also going to 
put Bon in there uh, because he is going to be at your disposal to help. Mostly VC20 has incredibly powerful language rendering software that uh, the group is just going to need to try and make use of. Uh, Kiyama, you're good to walk around. Everybody's where you would expect them to be. You can see Samet and Vost still pulling cabbages and tending the garden. She just sort of waves as she kind of walks back in. She's guessing people are still going to be in here. She's not sure. And mm-hmm. just is like, this is the one place I've seen people. They wave back. Tammet and Vost, you can very quickly identify that they are just sort of, they are pro- prototypical bros. They like hanging out together and they like pulling huge cabbages out of the ground together. Like they're just having a good time. Okay. Uh, R- Ronus is in here. He is uh, by himself. He has a huge... Um, scattering of the scrolls that he did not pass off to VC20 and Mia in front of him. Right now he is looking at what appears to be a star map. Alright. She walks up and kind of like does like a glance down the hall. Is there anybody else down that she can see? No, it doesn't look like it. Okay. And then she just sort of like as she gets closer, she just sort of like calls out, hey. Uh, He looks up from where he is sitting. And he gestures wordlessly to the uh, the seat next to him. She'll come and sit. He watches you warily, and he says, something on your mind? A lot, I guess is a way you could put it. Um, and she kind of like glances at all of the scrolls in front of him. Do you have time to talk? Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, did... Yeah, what? Go ahead. Just going to ask you what you wanted. Oh, um, and Kiam is also like kind of awkwardly flustered at all of this. It's a weird place. Uh, I have a lot of questions, and I told you I would tell you everything. Is now a good time? It's tell me everything? Well, I mean, like, it's not everything. It's that I remember. Okay. And, but, oh, see, okay, there's like two things that we particularly need to talk about. And two of, and like one of them will kind of, no, okay, we'll just, we'll, we'll, I'll just go with this one. Who was I to you before? I know I, rem, when I, in the dream, when I woke up, I remembered that I knew whoever that person was. I didn't know it was you, but I knew that you were important to me and that you were someone special and close to me and that, you know, we, like uh fucked sorry (laughs) (laughs) uh and she kind of like kind of raises her hands and was like together and her voice cracks he look he look he looks at you he's just sort of like appraising you through all of this he says do you do you want the do you want the easy answer or do you want the i guess the full i mean I, I will hear the full answer anyways, and I don't, I don't remember. I just know that that's what it was at some point, and I would like to know. It, yeah, no, we, um, we were together, and that's not news to anybody here, so I, I guess don't, um, don't feel awkward about that. Uh, it's known, it's not, um, approved of, but it's i mean it's been the case for (laughs) um it's not like luke could have stopped us 
So I think that he didn't want to repeat the same mistakes that the Jedi Order committed with my grandfather. Kind of like reach out and take his hand and just kind of like do like a grip shake and then let it like let it go again. Uh, He holds on and he says, it almost doesn't matter to me where you were for those months, six months you were gone. It, It can't because you're here now and that's really all I've cared about, all I've wanted. Whether or not your memory is here is, well, it is what it is. It, it has to be. And whatever I have to say about our feelings or our past, I, I almost can't right now because I don't want to color your memories with my perception of those same things. But also I can't stand thinking that all of the things that I remember that I will always be the only person who remembers who we were and what was between us. So any questions you have, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll answer, but I just want you to focus on getting back what was yours. Be like, that. that's what I need. I am not looking, like, things are coming back slowly, but I'm remembering and it worries me that I was, I thought I was gone a month. I didn't realize that it had been six and I don't know what happened for that to happen. Well, that's the big mystery, isn't it? Um, he does not let go of your hand, by the way. He has continued to hold your hand. Um, Which one was that? Uh, I reached out with my right hand. Was it my right or left hand that had the scar on it? Uh, it's your left hand that has the scar okay. on it. Um, right. You're not you're non-dominant, so he hasn't seen you do a whole bunch with it. He just uh, hasn't yeah. noticed. He has uh, he has the real Skywalker eye for detail, which is to say <laughs> say none. Um, yeah, and nor does Kiyama realize that her scar is on that piece of paper he's looking at. That's actually a great point. Now that you you know you're sort of looking down at your hands where he is still holding them. Give me an education roll, please. If I succeed on this, I'm going to laugh so hard because I have the lowest education. (laughs) (laughs) That is fate. Fate right there. You Babe Ruthed it. You called your shot. Um, So with one success, I'm going to charge you one of those strain that you reclaimed um, (laughs) just just for the emotional duress of the situation. Oh, adequate, adequate. But uh, yeah, you, you look down at where he's still holding your hand and then... Suddenly, the, the, the cartouches almost leap off the page. You, re- you realize that um, not only is one of them, like, not only are they the same shape that's inscribed in your hand, but one of them is the exact same. And I sort of, like, shake off his hand and, like, pick up the paper. A, and he, he looks thrown for a moment. He goes, what, what is it? And wordlessly, I just turn my left hand around and show the spot. What the hell is that? What happened? Hell if I know. Is that... And I sort of let him look at it, and it's... where? What is this? And she kind of, like, hold, like points at the paper. These are Uncle Luke's notes. Fuck him. And I pull my hand away. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, that was the second thing, and I wanted to talk about us first before we talked about him, because I have a feeling this is not going to end well. Okay. I don't, and at this point, she is visibly tense and angry Mm -hmm. and very caged animal type of tense. 
And uh, I want to know the only thing I knew when I woke up. I crash landed on Coruscant. What was it? I hate him with every fiber of my being. I don't trust him. He did betray me or something. I don't know. And everybody keeps associating me with him. And apparently I was with him for a while. And I don't know why. And I don't know what happened. And apparently I've been gone for six months and he left two months after. And now I come back and I, and she kind of like holds her hand up again. I think, I think the timeline's muddled. He, he left only days after you. Hmm. And he, he didn't tell me why. I, I think he was looking for you. I don't, I, I obviously have no memory of what happened, but there was a recording. You can talk to your sister and the Senator Neshka about it. They found it in my ship from him. Okay. Said, we will see you on Felucia. And oh boy, I did not want to come here, but he's not on this planet. So that's convenient at least. So that means that none of these sites, he never made it. I was- Or, I mean, we, we spent months waiting for him to return unless he found what he was looking for. And then what, just never came back? No, I was, and I'm trying to remember, I, I was come, my, they found my coordinates. I it was on my way to Felucia, somewhere on here. And then I made a hard left turn and for, you know, force knows whatever reason. And then it's when we crash landed on, or I crash landed on Coruscant. We went and found some, we went with the senator on his mission to Anoth met a creepy woman with two lightsabers and she kind of like unbuckles the two red ones from her belt and kind of tosses them on the table. Never seen her before. She knew who I was though. Mask? Yeah. Triangle on it? Yes. You have, well, maybe not her, but that's the cult of the skull. Well, you don't remember it. We fought them a few years ago. Well, she's dead. Um, they were, she made a portal to Exegol. A <laughs> what? Oh, now you're going to laugh at me? Yeah, we went to Exegol. Sorry, uh, just... Of all the uh, things that I'm telling you right now, Exegol is the one thing you don't believe. Well, it's it's two impossible things in the same sentence. I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> I'm sorry. A portal took you from Anoth to Exegol, all the way across the galaxy. Yes. To the secret Sith planet of legend that nobody has ever been to. We can take you there. We well, I, I mean, I, I believe you that it's there, just Jedi aren't supposed to be able to find it. And and by that logic, no, we didn't find it. Technically, we walked in, if you're getting technical about it. That's actually a good point. That might be the workaround. He looks legitimately thoughtful, like all, you know, sort of disbelieving laughter is gone, because that could be... The, but there was nothing there. There was a... It was destroyed, you know, legions of dead and... um clones of Palpatine destroyed and there was a I'm, I'm sorry what again these are the things you find disbelieving about all of this not the fact that this ancient symbol is on my hand that's what I'm concerned well, this about. is uh okay so um sorry I dear I hmm. I forgot okay sorry Kiyama I she like crosses her arms and just sort of like narrows her eyes and- <laughs> you you can tell that he is falling into a pattern that He's very clearly used to being in, arguing with her. He says, I forgot that you, having lost your memory, would also rob you of context for galactic events. 
and for <laughs> the last prior month knowledge. Been, it's been shit. It's been literally when I say I am piecing things back together, it is like a child has been tossed into the world and you're like, figure it out. And the child is 27 years old and has all the capabilities of a regular creature. You're actually 26. I am? Yeah. All right, I'm going to remember that. Well, it's just age more slowly than humans, as far as you've told me. So we always kind of had to do some math. Hmm. Um, okay. You're, 20, you're 26 standard years, though. I know that much. You might be, like, effectively younger. Hard to say. Hey. Hmm. I, I, I mean, once we get back to it, goddamn civilized planet i'll bring you to a library where you can learn all about the chiss how's that sound yeah sure that sounds great um i want to know about this though and so so this is the ancient jedi language so i am shocked that you have burned it onto your body or that somebody has burned it onto you but i'm not shocked that it exists because it's like a known written thing if someone who spoke it or could read it um you know happen to put together a cartouche brand of some variety i suppose you you know it's like just seeing a tattoo in a foreign language i guess is be the best equivalent that's why i'm not terribly shocked it's a thing within my realm of understanding however palpatine clones well outside my understanding he's but, dead yes for they were dead for a while they, these clones had been dead for a while like okay so the original died Close to 30 years ago, 25 years ago, something like that. Um, How he does old are you? Quick. I am also 26. Okay. And he was killed five years before I was born. So 32 years, 31 years. Uncle Luke was never big on math. That sounds, that tracks. Um, okay. So yeah, the clones are dead, slaughtered, very ominously slaughtered. There was, um... Okay, do you want the highlights or the details? Because we could be here a while if we go into the details. Um, we can cut from direct narrative <laughs> for a second, Victoria, and you can give him the full lowdown. She just sort of like tells him to sit down and is just the like word vomit of everything that has happened. He is he is flabbergasted. This would be a great time to cut away as you like sit him down and be like, you're going to be here a while, even though he's already <laughs> sitting down. And we're going to go over to Bon and VC20 and Mia and Eshka doing nerd shit over in the library. Nerd shit. Nerd shit. Nerds. Okay. Nerd shit in the library with the revolver. <laughs> <laughs> with the lightsaber. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to ask for is Bon is going to give you guys a sort of a, a, a static uh, advantage die because he has a very limited translation pool from which he can pull, being that he uh, has the Derosian translation of one of the texts. One of the texts looks turns out to be a scroll that is uh, barely a... I was about to say a foot. Um, I guess barely 0.3 meters long <laughs> when enrolled. <laughs> Sorry, the derision and, and mock, mockery in your voice was just really funny. Yeah, the, the only imperial thing that I approve of is units. Uh, in any case, he has a limited pool of words that he knows through which the three of you can try to set up a transliteration effectively. Sounds good. Okay, so what I'm going to have you do then is make an education role VC20. 
Okay, awesome. So with one success, you have essentially set up a transliteration for Eshka and Mia to use so that they can contribute independently of you and Bon, roughly, but still able to contribute. Eshka, you can make either education or lore or Outer Rim. Mm. If, you make, <laughs> if you make education or lore, let me know. It will be slightly more difficult because you are trying to compound upon work rather than establishing new work. I was planning to do Outer Rim, so that simplifies. All right. Pow! All right. So with three successes, uh, Eshka, you realize that this is uncannily similar to several languages that you saw in spacers. Like your mind sort of becomes unfocused, almost in like uh, what the kids call a flow state, as it were. And you wind up just taking a bunch of guesses that make a lot of sense. VC20 and Mia the two of you watch sort of incredulously as Eshka is able to like longhand write out in basic uh, several different sentences. Neat. Raw. Would you like to know what, what those sentences I, I are? Just, I was about to say, what did they say? <laughs> it says, this is the tale of the Forerunners, whose doom was unforetold and whose existence is beyond our memory. It is the tale of their legacy. So... Eshka finishes writing that out and kind of like leans back and, and reads over it. And she looks up at me and VC20 and she's like, these guys were pretty dramatic. <laughs> but hope it helps. VC20 is a protocol droid. It is slow going. Most of your systems are configured to provide auditory translation and reproduction, but similar circuits can be repurposed to provide direct textual translation. Uh, it would take you most of the night just because of the slowness to translate uh, what it seems like Ronus has found or been able to provide you, but you should be able to do it. Sounds good. All right. Is that how you would like to spend your night? It is. VC20, you work through the night, piecing together not only this translation, but the various disparate bits of information connected to it, trying to, you know, make sense of the map with the markings. And the story is the story of a race that you eventually realize is called the Gree. Uh, and the Gree were, according to the Jedi legends, um, some kind of forerunner race. They existed. I mean, the, the text is written in, you know, this sort of ponderous biblical style. So it calls it a thousand thousands, a thousand thousand years before the rise of humanity. Um, and considering the ancientness of Jedi culture, it could be a very long time ago indeed. But what it describes specifically is the discovery on a planet that you may or may not be able to piece together phonetically the name of a gate it's called it says that it took the jadahi to far-flung places where they found the what the text refers to as the manifest um the manifest it, it becomes clear in the text is some kind of listing of all of these gates and their locations. 
a crisscrossing network of connected locales through this network that the Gree built. Uh, different planets connected in different ways that, as the text describes, piece the galaxy together into one cohesive whole. It seems that the Gree were empire builders and they used these gates to travel to far-flung planets and conquer them. And it describes the manifest as revealing not only the locations of all of the different gates, but also their time of disuse. Essentially, the text goes to describe in an almost like judges in the Bible sort of way, the slow dissolution of the Greek Empire, the shattering of the galaxy, as the text puts it. And there's that title. Yeah, and there's the title. The manifest has a location that is also listed. VC20, I would like you to make me first an inner, uh, first a core worlds, and then outer rim. All right. The the name of the planet where the Jadahi discovered the first gate that uh, took them to the manifest is unknown. But the planet where the manifest was located, the descriptor of all the gates and their different locations is translatable, and it is Felucia. Well, it's good that we're in the right place mm -hmm. for, I guess, probably everyone but maybe Kiyama. <laughs> Yay! Question mark? Uh, one more, I guess, a salient detail. You recognize this fairly easily. There is one glyph that you recognize in the text before you translate it because uh, it is the same cartouche that uh, Kiyama has ha had on her hand uh, for the whole time that you've known her. Oh. Um, you find it in the papers that uh, Ronis hands off to you uh, when you begin your long night of translation. What does it mean? It is on the last page of the text when the Jadahi described the downfall of the Gree Empire. And it's the cartouche that means shattered. What in hell? It's mean! And that's where we're going to end tonight. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh boy. As always, we've been glad to have you. If you enjoyed it, tell some friends. We're on Twitter at Space Battles Pod, and you can always find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most platforms where podcasts are found. That's why I'm always muted. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> you do clear your throat a lot. I have post-nasal drip.